and good morning. Happy Friday. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. Zach Goodman back in with me again one more time this week. And it is a Friday. That means this man is back in studio with us, Chief Grand Poobah here at Pressbox, trying to finish up his Immaculate Grid this morning. We were doing sort of like a team effort on Immaculate Grid this I morning. I was struggling. I can tell you that. Uh, you're welcome for Eric Burns, by the way. Stay in the fan, well, Charles. I didn't, I didn't put it in. Yet, oh, you didn't so use I, it? No, I didn't put I, it in Steve I promise you, either. I so. promise you it works. How many people have you both had in the last two weeks say, hey, are you playing Immaculate Grid? A fair amount, yeah. yeah. I asked oh, Paul yeah. on the show last week, and Paul said, well, I know I'm going to quit in like three weeks, so I, I'm I, not going to even start. I had <laughs> Maybe you and I had this, com- this conversation the other day, but I definitely... We, I think would, we did. Paul would, should do... Paul, I, I think out of pretty good any memory. of... The people I know in my life, Paul would probably do the best. Yeah. Paul has an immaculate, excuse the <laughs> pun, <laughs> uh, memory when it comes to baseball players and what teams they played for. You know, I don't know why know, he does, but you he know does. who's incredible? Patrick right? Stevens. Patrick it's on. It's on. Un- oh yeah, 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 yeah. He had yeah. A, a rarity score of eight. Yeah, I mean, and by the way, doesn't surprise me. I say it surprises me, but it doesn't yeah. surprise me. I had my best rarity score the other day. It was 125. Ooh. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I legitimately to got like all That's nine. pretty good. Yeah. I think like 90 was my highest. I, I don't know. Uh, your highest or your lowest? I Well, what's the... You would want to have a low number. Low oh, it's number a low is, number. Yeah. Oh, smaller, I had no idea. Yeah. No, 90 is, 90 is damn good. 90 is damn good. Yeah. yeah. There, again, like Glenn mentioned earlier off air, it's the former Orioles that might have played for another team for like a month or two that I remember that gets in like the the 0.05% or something like that. That's It's the random guys, yep. maybe a 2005 Oriole or something There's like an that. awful lot of remember for no reason. Let me put it in terms we might understand. There's a lot of us that play this game mm-hmm. that are like the Jimmy Yacobonuses. Oh my God, meaning, Jimmy Yacobonus. No, meaning our rarity score <laughs> is equivalent <laughs> to like his ERA. Yeah, oh, you know, all right, not bad. Like a 350, <laughs> right? 400. Yeah, we'll That's take like that. Jimmy we'll take that. We'll take it, but you know, uh, yeah. will keep talking to it. <laughs> I got tripped up the day on, I told these guys, uh, I mean, once I'm not immaculate, I just give up. Right, the, I'm done for the day. I'll play again tomorrow. It's either I'm immaculate but or I'm not. Don't you think you gain more by? I understand like, it, yeah. but the goal to me is I want to see it say that I'm immaculate, immaculate. and then once I know I'm not going to be immaculate, I just kind of don't care. <laughs> Today I got tripped up. It was the Rockies stolen base one again. If you're not looking for a spoiler, I don't know. Do something else with your time. But I put in Eric Young. Forgot there was Eric Young Senior and Eric Young yeah. Junior. Yeah. Then forgot how closely that. So even the years. Like it, it, one was through 2008, the other was 2000. Like they, they followed each other very closely, and I like. Wasn't an Eric Young Jr. like a spring training Oriole at some point? He might have been. Yeah, yeah that sounds yeah, familiar. Like a 2017. Spring I, training I Oriole. clicked Eric Young Jr. It was obviously Eric Young Senior, who yeah. I'm pretty sure had like 50 stolen base seasons in yeah, Colorado. I got a high percentage guy on that. I got. Uh, can I say it? Sure. Charlie Blackman. Oh yeah, makes all the sense. Yeah. Make all makes all the sense. I had Dante Bichette at nine. So. I did not realize Dante Bichette ever had 30 stolen bases. He had bases. like two years, three years, where he was a legitimate five-tool player. Like He could do everything at, at a time. Well, I think I just associate him with that. What was the group of him, um, Galarraga, Vin- Vinny Castilla, yeah. that were all you know bombers. Like They yeah. just put a roster together that just had yeah, nothing so but 30 home run hitters. He stole at one point, um, let me see... 31 bases, right. 1996. That's go. what it was. That, so, that certainly qualifies. And he never came anywhere close. He never had more than 21 again. So I, it's odd. What's the low? Have you guys gotten a 0.0? 0. 0. 0. 0. 0. Yeah. 1%? I'm trying to think of God. 
I pulled one out of my If you ass. ever pulled I, Jimmy Acabonis. Yeah, might. that would definitely <laughs> help. I used Bill Tuttle. That's I just a- remembered his baseball card. And then after I got it, I'm going, did he really play for <laughs> you were uh, dis- the, you were questioning the athletics? Yourself I knew he played for the Twins. Actually, no. It was the other way around. I remembered him playing for the Kansas City um, Athletics. Yeah. Um, well, so, look- and that's the tricky thing. The athletics would probably be like if there was an answer that Connie Mack fit, he'd be an athletic. Sure, 100%. From Philadelphia. 100%. Yeah. All right, uh, Stan is here. We've got a lot to do on a Friday edition of the show. Good to be back on video, although bad news for Zach, unfortunately. We're still working with two cameras. I, I just, the, I, the one day it was just going to be him. We had no video. We have, uh, did you get Shintaro? Uh, unfortunately, we've not been able to track down Shintaro yet. But yeah. that's, we're well, still apparently the on. Orioles haven't either, according to Brandon Hyde. So I... <laughs> I, there, there was a moment last night where I was like, why isn't he here? Like, what's Well, Hyde said, we're going to work to get him here in the next yeah. few days. And I'm thinking, how hard is it, it to you're fly not bringing someone him in from, from Japan. California to Florida? Like, this isn't rocket science here. Um, so anyway, we'll, uh, we'll ha- be back on video, which is good. And I appreciate the hard work from a lot of people. The folks with Hammett, John Colson, was helping out this morning to make sure that we could get the uh, video back up and running today. Uh, today's show, Tippy Martinez will join us. Of course, all summer long, we've been celebrating the 40th anniversary of the 1983 World Series champion Baltimore Orioles ahead of their event uh, here in Baltimore, which is now in two week, two weekends. Yeah, two August weekends. 4th. Yeah, two weeks from now. So uh, we'll catch up with the uh, or former Orioles closer, Tippy Martinez. Sal Palantonio will join us uh, as earlier in the week he was on ESPN and said that he believes the Ravens can dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs and win the AFC. And also we will make a trip to Delmarva, catch up with uh, shortstop Carter Young, who also happened to be Vanderbilt teammates with one Enrique Bradfield. So a lot to do on the program today. Orioles are in first place, and that's the most pleasant part of the conversation to have. Um, I said it would be by... July. Was uh, this the date yeah, that you would? I, 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 I got to go back and look I, at our preseason predictions. Win at Superbook. Oh, that's huge. That is huge, <laughs> Stan. That is big stuff. Um, last night was interesting because, like, you finally get the start that you've been waiting for from Kyle Gibson, right? Like, you have been trying to figure out what's going on with Gibson. He gives you everything you could possibly ask for. Then there's the question mark about what Brandon Hyde did with the seventh inning, and. I, I get it. I get what he's trying to do by sending Kyle Gibson back out there and shorten the game. And, you know, it's just kind of bad luck in a way that all of a sudden you have runners on first and second. I I don't really second guess the decision to put Cano in. I I thought it was aggressive that he was warming to start the inning and you were saying essentially... We're gonna go just with Cano and Batista tonight, and yeah, not put. He any- was gonna. He was gonna. He basically was saying, "I'm not gonna have them on Friday, but then I'll have Coulomb and Bauman and maybe Fujinami." By that point, you know? right? Um, the the real head scratcher for me, seriously, was why why would you you've taken the lead? Why would you want your entire infield defense? To be, well, that, to be moved around yeah. for Ryan Mountcastle with, nobody, with two outs and nobody, and nobody on, base. on base. right? That it, was a head scratch. The only hope is that he can run into one, and if they score one run, which when you're starting an, in- run, an inning with a runner on second base, there's a solid chance of that. Now you're playing the rest of the game with a mismatched, kind of screwy infield at that yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, I don't – look, Gunner can play sh- – he can play shortstop. That's stop, true, yes. But – but do I really want him shifting over with a one-run lead? 
I, I really don't. He's shown a little bit of erraticness with his arm, mm-hmm. and I think some of that is from the difference he keeps moving from third to short and back to third and all that. Well, add so. in, I mean, it nearly cost you with Frazier at second base, right, yeah, in the, yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah. This is the... I, I, I look, the, the metrics say Frazier's having one of the worst defensive seasons yeah. in, in the history of baseball. We can you know gauge it all we want to gauge it but it's little things like that that you've seen a ton this season from Frazier when he's played second base just little bobbles hitches he made that bobble on the game ending double play Uh, that's and it nearly cost it nearly cost them an extra out there at the end of the game that they would have had to continue to work with by having Frazier in playing second Gunner's gunner's arm Proved to be pretty good on that. Ball. Oh my God, that was yeah, he, a, there he was smoke on that gun. ball, right? Yeah, yeah, smoke on it. Look, yeah. um, it worked out. All's good. The Orioles win. Uh, credit to everyone. R- Ramona Rios. I, I have had this sort of come to Jesus. We had an entire conversation about it yesterday, Stan. I don't think we've ever given Ramona Rios enough credit. I think that we've always kind of looked at him as you know replacement level baseball player. Yeah. Like ni- nice for now, but when yeah, the real they players caught a little bit of lightning in a bottle with them when I, they brought him I, in. I, I two think years we've ago. almost missed the fact that Ramona Rios has proven really nice to be player. a really professional, quality baseball player. Yep, he's he's always been good enough as a hitter and so exceptionally good defensively. Yep. and it's been a pleasant reminder over the course of the last couple of days of just how good Ramon Arias yeah. really is. That play last night is it's a really, really nice with the play. game on the line yep. Yep. and never, no panic, no, it was to him a routine play, yep. right? Got and up, it's Got up calmly and knew he could tell spatially, I got to put a little something extra on this throw, and he did. And it's at his second position, by the yeah. way. At, at, it's yeah. not even at his best position yeah. that he's making that play. Not where he's a gold glover. Right, correct. Yeah. He's playing another position and made one of the best plays that we've seen. I mean, uh, the day after he made one of the best plays we've ever seen at third base. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, that was an insane play. It was that. bonkers how good that play was. So I think that this has been a nice reminder over the last 48 hours of how good Ramon Arias is. Just sharpening that trade value. But but perhaps that's what I would say. He's he's a guy you yeah. suddenly you're able to hold on to a, you know, suddenly you don't have to even mention Kobe Mayo in a trade because yeah. some team would would there's give a lot you of something. There is a lot of value in Ramon Arias. I yeah. think there's definitely going to be a taker for him if if the Orioles dangle that. I think there's got to be. Oh, a team I think a good baseball team yeah, would it, say we we could take Ramon oh, Arias God. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, Glenn, you said what twenty teams you think would have him as a starter? We were doing that. Matt. How many how many teams do you think Ramon Arias could be a a starting third baseman for? In baseball, I get New, New York Yankees. A hundred percent. Donaldson yes. is probably done. Because you know. at first, career is over. At yeah. first, Zach said, "I think it's like fifteen teams," and I was like, "I think that might be on the shallow end." Yeah, I, it could I, be. I think it might be more like twenty to twenty-five teams that Ramon Arias could start for in baseball. Like, he'd certainly play a lot for a lot of teams. You know, they they would love his uh, you know his versatility. Mm-hmm. You know. He's 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 been it's been great yeah, the last couple days, great. and then obviously I don't know what else we say about Felix Batista. It's just it's unbelievable. I mean, it's I'll really say unbelievable. something that I've never said about anybody else because of what he is—a relief pitcher. He's only going to face you one time, and you may you may have seen him two days ago, but you haven't seen him for you know. He may be the most difficult pitcher for a batter to face 
that I've ever seen in Major League Baseball. Wow. Wow. That's a strong statement, Stan. I mean, you know, the 6'7", that's right. coming down at you, and he's just, he's got absolutely, I'd say he's got somewhat remarkable control for what he is, for getting that body, sure, you know, the mechanics to be in the same position. He's just... Uh, I think I'd argue Aroldis Chapman, just because of the, the fact that he's a lefty. Makes yeah, it maybe okay. a little bit tough. Like if if you're a lefty and you face Aroldis Chapman, you have no hope. You right. have no hope. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's no chance. No chance that you can ever see what's coming. I understand that though. Ba- Bautista's arguably better than Chapman was in his best days. Like it, but I, I don't know. Chapman. What was what was Chapman's at his best? His what was best his strikeout, strikeout rate was his best strikeout rate was one point six six seven. I want to say what per, that per inning. So, so that translates two out of every three, or yeah, uh, not. I don't think it's quite two out of every three. I mean, it's it's fifty percent. It's, it's, it's right? essentially one yeah. and two thirds out of every yeah. three, yeah. right? So Batista is tracking at more like two out of every three, right? Right. right. Um, I, I can't remember anybody more difficult. Uh, it's insane. I mean, it really is absolutely bonkers what he's been able to accomplish. And, um, you know, nice that he was pitch efficient in the ninth this inning last two night. Two years ago, we know, you know, now every prospect, we, we know about him two, three years. Mm-hmm. I don't recall. Do you recall in 2020 or even 21 really hearing much about Bautista? I think because he was a minor league free agent signing right. that there really weren't that many people focused on him. I do remember I when I was in high school, I worked at, and this was 20... Was he a Kobe, was he a Kobe Perez? International? I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. No, he was just a minor league signing. He, he right. was in the Marlins organization prior to this. And I worked at Aberdeen for a little while, and I saw uh, what Bautista did, and I saw him throwing 100-101, and I was right. like, I, I don't know who this guy is. Like I've right. never heard of this guy, and here he is. Closing games often and reaching 101, 102, and he still obviously was as big as he is now back then. And it's it's again probably because he wasn't drafted by the organization mm-hmm. or signed by the organization outside of what they did as a minor league free agent. That's why he hasn't gotten that kind of coverage. I'll tell you one That's thing: my guess. in fifteen years, if I need him as a guest on Immaculate Grid, yeah, he'll be indelibly. <laughs> Um, no, it was a it was a great night. Obviously, the Orioles get a game on the Rays. Of course, still a lot of work to do this weekend with three more games, including tonight. Well, we got Bradish, Bradish versus Eflin tonight. Yes, Bradish Eflin tonight. Grayson, Shane McClanahan tomorrow, and on Sunday, Tyler Wells, Taj Bradley. The pitching matchups for the rest of the weekend. Shane McClanahan. That's uh, yeah. That's a, a hell of a, a hell of a fire. It's that fire that you're throwing Grayson Rodriguez into. You're gonna you're gonna nice to win tonight. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Don't it, you don't feel great about don't that feel great going about into it. Saturday. There's no question no. that you don't feel no. great about that whatsoever. I stand by the way, and I'd be curious what Zach thinks because I know he's a real student. Not that you're not, but I don't even I like it. I don't, by, I don't really even pay attention. I still stand by the column I wrote that Grayson should have come up to be in the exact role that they used Cole Irvin the other night, that they got it backwards. Grayson Rodriguez... I'll, I'll be very clear, is a starting pitcher long-term, mm-hmm. but there is no gigantic upside to him coming into the Orioles' rotation this year. He's just not – it's not like he's coming in and being Sandy Koufax or something like yeah. that. He pitched well the other night, but I would have much rather taken my chances with Cole Irvin 
for four to five innings and then had Grayson to pitch to the Dodgers rather than Brian Baker. Well, we agree about that. Yeah. Um I, Zach, I don't know. How, I don't know how Zach feels, but I yeah. look. I I've told you before. I just, as as high as I am on Grayson, and as as many question marks as I've had on Cole Irvin, I the innings thing with Grayson is still going to be the Lord, the thing that's going to shout the most to me. Like he's not going to pitch every fifth day for the rest of the season. Right. So if the point of doing this now is we think we're acquiring a starter at the deadline. So whoever it is is only going to be in the rotation for another, for another couple week the, or two Col- weeks. Cole Irvin's point when we had him on yesterday about how he handled this, right? I thought was really thoughtful. He was he was he's very a, he's a very thoughtful guy. He's very thoughtful, and I I mean if you missed our conversation with Cole Irvin yesterday, we couldn't get him off the phone. I mean I, I said, dude, you got to go. He's like, nah, man, I got all the time in the world. He was great. <laughs> um, he he said they presented it to me ahead of the All Star break. And I was struggling with it. I was really struggling. But the way they talked about it was, think about this is going to be your role in the postseason. And he said, if that's going to be my role in the postseason, let me have two months to get comfortable with it, adjust to it, you know, be ready for it. And that really, like, I'm now I'm I'm happy to be in that role because I want to be that best version of that when we get to the postseason. And I thought that was an incredibly thoughtful, That's a thoughtful answer. answer. Yeah, right? some thoughtful yes. communication that went on between Correct. Elias and the player. So and I, Brandon Hyde. I wonder if the thought of putting Grayson in now isn't look. We're planning on acquiring a pitcher. We'll see. We're planning on acquiring a pitcher at the deadline anyway. This gives us an opportunity to let Grayson get four or so more starts mm-hmm. before then. And then we know we're going to have to limit his innings after that. That's a a reasonable thought. And then maybe he moves into that role after that point. Right. Let me ask you one other question. First of all, I didn't get your opinion. Do you think Grayson would have been better off at this point in his career and what the team needs or coming up and being in the bullpen as a long guy? Well, I I still think the day they brought him up, yeah. which was kind of a, start, a spot start that they needed, and Cole Irvin hadn't pitched that well, and they just kind of needed a guy. I thought that was rushed. I thought the Orioles, with every other guy they've brought up, have really had a plan and a reason as to why they're bringing a guy up. And it seemed like with Grayson, well, we really don't have another option. It's going to be Grayson Rodriguez. Right. And we don't want it to be one of these random AAA guys who we have you know, brought up and down for the past two years we don't really love. So they kind of made it Grayson, and I don't think that was a – great way to start off his career I don't really think that was ever the plan and they kind of just went completely off the cuff with that so I think yes I think absolutely he should have started in the bullpen done a little bit of work there gotten comfortable and then maybe shifted into a starter role if you like what you see and then that makes a lot of sense yeah and then I give Mike Elias I applauded his picking up an obscure pitcher with a a tremendous upside Mm -hmm. in short windows but isn't it interesting that they went outside the organization and said, look at this guy as a reliever, you know, when he was horrible as a starter, and they somehow still haven't arised, uh, yeah, arrived the at that thing. I, I did read your yeah. column about that. Look, I I'm, I mean, I applaud Mike I, for picking this guy I, up. He's still out there. What they're doing with him, I have no idea. You and I have had a conversation. At this point, I have to start to think there's a bigger DL Hall problem. Oh, there has to be. Like I, I I just have the the idea that they wouldn't have done this by now suggests to me whether it's a Jorge Lopez thing, whether it's a you know whatever. It's starting to feel like they're they're not talking about something else 
related D.L. Hall. They're trying to deflect like him from and it. Urias go in the trade together. Yeah, no, that very well could be the case. D.L. Hall has really, I, I hate to use this term, but kind of crashed and burned of the last two years. We haven't seen a lot to really love. No, I don't. And I, I, I'm getting to the point where I'm saying, what really, but we can have a lot of discussions about how did we get to that point. Because to Stan's point, well, I, I know from what the, you're saying. From the end of last year, I think a lot of us were confused as to what they were trying to prove by putting him back as a starter this season. What you, you, I mean, I I like to believe that Mike Elias gives a lot of thought to these things. Mm-hmm. It was really weird the way they brought him up last year. Started him in Tampa. Then it wasn't like it was. Secret. I totally they agree. Said, they said. We're going to convert him into being a relief pitcher. Right. And then suddenly he pitched fairly well in a couple of appearances. I mean, yeah. he had a couple he blew up in. Yeah. But there, there was going to be a, a learning curve for him emotionally and mentally. And then all of a sudden, uh, we not, almost like. Like it didn't happen. Uh, like, right. I don't know what you're talking about. Reliever. Right. No, no, reliever. He's a starter. No, That's what it starter. is. What term do they use this year? What is he doing right they now? They use deloading. Deloading. Yeah. Is he I mean, still, he's still deloading in Florida? I, I, don't, I honestly don't know. It's the know. last thing we've heard. And I yeah. think and if I'm kind of going off what Glenn said, there has to be something else that we don't know. Because the term deloading, first of all, never heard that before. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, I, I, I assume they just mean like taking the, the stress off him and taking the as The people that I talked to around the organization mean he's said... Like constipated? <laughs> he's <laughs> deloading? The, I mean. When I talked to people around the organization, they said that's not, it's not make-believe. It's something... It is a term that is used within this club. It is, it is something that we have discussed. But still... How long does that take? How long yeah. do you deload before you would rather have a pitcher facing real competition? And again, as long as we haven't really had an update on DL Hall, it's uh, not like we've heard, oh yeah, he's he's rehabbing in Florida and things are going great, or he's expected to join AAA in the next few days or whatever. We haven't heard anything. No, and that's why it allows me to, to think, yeah. I have to assume there's something else if, here. If there's not some deeper thing, in my opinion... I would trust him coming in in relief tomorrow. Uh, you know, I'm not with, with the stuff he has. I mean, what are the circumstances? In a high leverage spot? I don't know if I'm ready not to a do high that. Leverage yeah. spot, sixth yeah. inning, seventh yeah. inning. You know, I am um, still a great, still an incredible weapon. But I, fi- I found it very interesting that they that they picked a pitcher right. that is doing exactly yes. what I failed as, a starter, failed as a starter but has all of the you know the Stan, skill set the uh, the velocity the all of those things Stan was pretty on the money with it like uh, really a year ago when he came on our show you know in the batter round and talked about oh, Stan's been on D.L. Hall's yeah, reliever he, for he's, years he's been talking about right. it for quite a while and it seems like at this point that is the only way you're going to get something out of this guy the only way and even if that's probably at this point, a question mark. Because again, I, I, we I think we, anything is a question. Anything is a question mark. Yeah. When a guy's just hanging out, at the, this is Alec Manoa, except it's been there. He's been there yeah. for. He's just hanging out in rookie league ball. Right. Right. What What is that? Maybe he likes the food in Sarasota. I mean, maybe <laughs> the, 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 that, that Amish there. place that yeah. uh, everybody right. loves so much. So By good. the way, did you so happen good. to notice that the other pitcher, not the other pitcher, because I didn't have Fujinami on the radar for me picking him up in a pennant race. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that I wanted him to get, I was hoping they would get Barlow, yeah, Scott Barlow and yeah. Carlos Hernandez. Okay. Did you see the write-up that they did on Carlos Hernandez? I did not, no. 
on MLB trade rumors. I, no, I did not. It was amazing. I wrote a, I <laughs> picked him up first of all in my fantasy league. Oh, that for poor a dollar son of a bitch. Because oh. I figure. Nah, His career is going down the tubes in, now. It's over. I'm strongly in second place Uh-oh. right now. Uh-oh. Uh, there we go. But I, I, um, I was assuming they're going to trade Barlow, okay. and he'll end up getting saves before this year. Okay. Up. But the more I thought about it, I said, boy, I'd really like him here in Baltimore. They did a deep dive. It says yeah. under under radar pitcher uh, could could be proved to be uh, very sought after. And it did like hmm? six paragraphs on Carlos Hernandez. I would be very on board for that. I, yeah. I, I, well, I, I think we and I, you, Zach and I both agreed yesterday. I don't think that they, they can internally say, we got Fujinami, we're good. No, like, no, that, no. That Mike's can't, on to plan, yes. plan B. I, I think, think that's probably, like part one of three steps. Yeah. Look, I, which again, I'm on board with it. It just can't be that was what we did to address the bullpen as we continue to see. And look, that was a tough spot for Cano to come in with two runners on base, but your leverage pitchers have to be guys that can come in with runners on base. I'll, put, I'll tell you what. You talk about a trade. There's a trade. Uh, D.L. Hall mm-hmm. and Ramon Urias mm-hmm. to Kansas City for Scott Barlow. And I'll even throw in another D like Hunter uh, Hudson Haskin. Haskin or something like that. He's hurt right for now. For yeah. Scott Barlow and Carlos Hernandez. And I'll tell you what, we'd be one heck of a dangerous team. I would I would think they would probably be less inclined to take a major leaguer back in a deal like that, yeah. right? And like I don't I don't know that Arias would be the guy that they would want, but I get what you're saying. I feel they, like they've got a lot of holes, that team. I understand. I just feel like that that's the type of team that says, give me young. Yeah. Give me. It. Well, I'll still give me right. young. I'll give me <laughs> one guy, by the way, that no one's really mentioned as a trade ship, but I think is very possible is Dylan Beavers, considering oh, that he. Dylan Beavers. Dylan Beavers. Yeah. C- kind of struggled this year so far. At least mm-hmm. last time I checked the mm-hmm. numbers, that was probably a month ago, but he hadn't been great. High draft pick, guy with a lot of tools, uh, was taken, what, in the second round last year, third round. So I, I think there is a very high possibility that's a guy the Orioles could pair with someone like Ramon Arias and say, yeah. okay, here's a major leaguer and a guy who's probably not all that far away from being a major leaguer. Right. And then you're you're looking really good in that kind of scenario. Uh, let's grab a break here as we are scheduled to be joined by Tippy Martinez when we come back in, celebrate the 40th anniversary of the 1983 World Series. Today's show brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Go there right now. Get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $5 bet. See that and other great sportsbook offers. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Stay in the fan is here. It's a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Hike to new heights. The best view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the Mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com. Maryland, be open. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. 
Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one. 800 gambler. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge 410 477 1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. Quick update. There was a report earlier in the week that the uh, Ravens were maybe going to be signing Dwayne Smoot, who had been an edge rusher with the Jaguars last season, but dealt with some injuries. Uh, Instead, he is re-signing in Jacksonville. So the Ravens will have to go back to the drawing board. Maybe that's bringing back Justin Houston. I think there's been some confusion as to why maybe that hadn't happened already, bringing back Justin Houston, but you would think that they would still be interested in trying to bring in at least one more veteran edge rusher to what is a thin spot on their roster. Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio, Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with us this morning. Stan, you had a show last night. Yeah, we had a show last night, a very entertaining interview with... Um, John Murray? John Murray of yeah. uh, Superbook.com. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, and he's, by the way, he's available... Uh, well, we'll he, definitely he'll do like yeah, in the we'll, morning. I explained to him. We will definitely end up the, taking uh, advantage of that. Yeah. There's no he's, doubt about he's it. Very available and very entertaining. Um, you can find that right now: Facebook.com/slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com/slash PressBoxOnline, or PressBoxOnline.com/slash Video. Stan, Gary Stein, and John Murray from SuperBook. 
all uh, summer long, Stan. And I don't know if you've been here for any of these yet this summer, but we've been inviting members of the 1983 World Series champion Orioles on just to reflect as we celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Orioles' last World Series title. Of course, the Orioles will be celebrating that with all the guys getting back together in two weeks. Joining us now, former Orioles closer, the absolute legend. He is the great Tippy Martinez, and he's with us here on GCR. Tippy, it's Glenn and Stan the Fan Charles. It is great to catch up with you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Oh, great for having me on. It's been a while since uh, I have been on a, a radio show or television or anything of that nature, so this is pretty exciting for me. Oh. It's been like uh, being my first year in the major league. Oh, stop. Stop, <laughs> Tippy. Hey, I, I've, I think I've been dying. I have been dying. Well, I, I, I had to put something in there, you know. <laughs> I have always wanted to ask you this question, Tippy. It, think of the slowest base runner that you ever had to deal with in your career and tell me, oh. with his life on the line, could Len Sakata have possibly thrown them out attempting to steal second base? <laughs> well, you know, I, I really don't want to uh, even think about that because <laughs> I was telling Lenny, I said, Lenny, I just, I just hope he can catch a fastball, let alone I can't, I can't throw my curveball, Liddy. I can't throw because I know you're going to miss it. Uh, and because I live with my fa- uh, curveball was looking like, like a strike and then being a ball. So, uh, you know, Dempsey was not hitting at the time. And uh, Lenny says, well, maybe I can start a whole new career if I can throw somebody out. I said, well, not at my expense. So, uh, yeah, that was just crazy. We just had a little conversation on that, but. Uh, you know, Lenny had a quick, quick release and quick throw. I mean, I will say that from second base. So uh, I just didn't know if he could really do that from from home plate, and I just didn't want to take any chances. And it just it just worked out perfectly. Hey, Tippy. Uh, first of all, it was forty years ago. It was my first year really on the radio uh, on weekends on WFBR. So nineteen eighty three, very special to me. But I want to go back a few years prior to that, mid-June 1976. You're traded along with Dempsey, McGregor, and a couple others uh, that came here. Uh, what was your – because we've talked to Demp- Dempsey was crushed when he was traded to Baltimore initially. What was your take on that trade from a personal level? Were you happy about it or oh, you would always look forward to being a Yankee? Well, I was uh, obviously I wasn't happy about it uh, being a, uh, still a rookie at the time. I guess you might say uh, uh, to some degree, but uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, with being with Rick, you know, with him, Heen and Hot and what have you. But I was, I would call him more or less more still maybe in shock that I was involved in the trade so early, and uh, you know, obviously it, it turned out to be a blessing because Rick played more. Uh, Earl asked me if I want, Earl asked me if I wanted to start, start or relieve. And I said, well, you know, I want to, um, I want to relieve. I want to, I want to try to catch the Yankees. So it was more of a, um, vendetta, I guess you might say, <laughs> trying to catch him. And, but you know, that was just too far ahead. Tippy Martinez is with us here on Glenn Clark radio. Um, Tippy, as we talk about that 83 team, I feel like everybody that was on the 79 team that we have chatted with this summer has said, we we were hellbent, right? Like that that was still so fresh in our memories, and it was still, you know, in, until game five was won, we were still thinking about it. How much did what happened in '79 drive you 
over the course of the next couple of seasons and help lead to what ultimately occurred in 1983? Yeah, it was probably a couple things. Uh, you know, losing in 79, uh, we all knew we had a chance. We had something special with the team, the camaraderie, the talent, the whole nine yards. Uh, we just knew that we could probably go back again early uh, from losing in 79. So, uh, I think if anything, keeping guys together, I, uh, don't, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but for some reason, uh, that was the time when Peters was uh, signing guys who he wanted back, and uh, it was a lot of us who signed five-year contracts, uh, and that's why we wanted to stay together. So uh, that, was, uh, that was the big point uh, as far as everybody staying together. Going back, uh, I hate to keep going back before that, to the trade. You were a teammate, weren't you? Were you in the same career path as Guidry? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, Guidry, and um, I guess I should say this on radio because uh, I heard from the horse's mouth at one time with, uh, when Billy was around, he says, you know, you weren't even supposed to be in that trade. Yeah, it was uh, supposed to be Guidry, uh, right? It was, it was supposed to have been Guidry who's been been that trade, uh, hmm. and you were supposed to stay in with the Yankees. And I said, really? And so, um, well, hey, I'm sorry to say Baltimore didn't get Guidry, but I'm glad he came. <laughs> I think it worked out okay for everybody. I think it worked out all right for yep. everybody involved. Um, uh, you know, it's, it, Tippy, it's funny because just a couple of weeks ago, the current Orioles were going through a little bit of a funk, and a lot of people reminded us that – you know those '83 World Series champions. You guys won or lost seven straight games two different times during the course of that season, and four at least four three-game losing streaks right in between. What what was it about that team that in those you know those dark patches that you guys were not overly affected by it, and you were able to bounce right back out and get right back on track? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's really kind of uh, interesting that you mentioned that because uh, I was playing golf with, with uh, Singleton, and he says, remember the days? And we always talk about the days when we played. And uh, I can always remember, I always told Kenny, you know, what that always stuck in my mind is when I came into a game, if we were losing uh, by run two, runs three, runs, it didn't make any difference when I came in the game. But if uh, his, his saying is, hey, just keep it close, something good will happen. And I think that was really kind of our model, you know, besides the Oriole magic is, you know, keep it close. Something good will happen. Even eventually, you know, things happen. So we just, just never gave up, you know, until that last out. Tippy, I never really bought this, but I've got to ask somebody that was in that locker room day in and day out. An awful lot of people have said to me over the years, they won in 83 to stick it up Earl's you-know-what. You know, that it was like sort of they were motivated to prove it wasn't Earl the genius, but it was the players. Is there any truth to that at all? No, no. That's uh, that's just rumors as far as that. Yep. I mean, obviously, you know, Earl was uh, a great manager. He made the right moves. He had the right uh, clientele, so to speak, you know, when to make moves. Um yeah, but he had to make those moves in order to mm -hmm. move players to be, you know, uh, uh, succeed. Uh, I'll give you an example, like Lone Stein and Renicky, you know, playing those positions, or a Benny Ayala uh, type of thing. He knew what players could do, so you still had to make those moves, even though you had talent. So, uh, but no, it was nothing personal. It was just something that we we knew that we could do. 
Let me go back to we, we started talking about uh, the the night that you picked off all three guys. I'm going to go back to that night if I could, Tippy, because I wonder how long it was after that. And look, obviously, it being punctuated by Lenny hitting the home run, it's it's one of the most magical memories in Orioles history. And Cal hit a home run that night that that night to tie the game, and it was on his birthday in a year that Bill James, you know, his oh right, his yeah. Book, he had written about players performing on well their on their birthdays. So yeah. I wonder how long it took for you to realize how special that was and how for the rest of your life it was going to be with you and you know people were going to be calling you and yeah you were the guy that picked off three like how long did it take for you to realize how truly magical that had been and how it was going to stay with you forever? Well, it, it uh, came off the quick, to be honest with you, because every time I went and did appearances or, uh, you know, for the club and all that kind of stuff, um, that's all people said. You know, it's, hey, I remember those three pickoffs, and uh, that was all, that was their first question. I mean, it was kind of like, well, what did it feel like? You know, uh, it's unbelievable. It's And uh, I still get goosebumps just listening on radio. I think radio really did a great job with it at the time and it was so exciting it just kind of gives you chills and then uh you kind of put two and two together and because I, I was kind of like hey i did more than that guys i, <laughs> I did more than three guys off my whole career but it became really special especially listening on the radio how it was presented and stuff and i, I realized well now i understand even more so that's cool it's it's really cool that you still get that that sort of goosebumpy feeling going back and listening to it um, is there something else that you would say, Tippy? like when, when somebody asked, how did it happen, right? How did that team end up becoming World Series champions? Is there someone that maybe you doesn't get enough credit from that team for what it is they did? Is there a story about that team that you think helps explain why you guys were able to become World Series champions a little bit more? Uh, well, that's, that's, that's a little bit of a tougher question, but I, I think, if anything, is that everybody... Uh, I wouldn't call it being not selfish or wanting to be in, in the glory side of it uh, where, hey, I did this. I think, if anything, is that somebody wanted to do something special, uh, especially in that particular game that they a role that they played in, in that particular game, that they wanted to do something for the ball club, and they knew they could do something for the ball club. And it just kind of gelled, and it just, uh, it just filtered throughout the ball club. Uh, Everybody wanted to do something special and do their part, what they were capable of doing. It worked out okay. It worked out all right for this team. <laughs> uh, Tippy, living around here, uh, have, have you been able to watch much of this current team? I don't know if you heard, but the closer here these days, he's he's kind of okay. Well, I you know what? I'm, I came close to throwing 100 miles an hour at making two pitches out of that thing, so... Uh, I think the highest I ever threw, like maybe 89, 90 at most topping out. But I tell you what, these guys today are so, so strong and they're so conditioned. Uh, I wish they could go a little bit longer with these, uh, with these pitchers and stuff, but closers and stuff today, it's, uh, it's just amazing. I mean, I, I take my head off to some of these guys. I, I if I was facing a guy through hundred miles an hour, uh, I think I'd be uh, stepping into the other dugout, you know, so, but, uh, <laughs> The Orioles are so exciting to watch. You know, uh, I've been talking to a lot of people. I said, I just love the ball club. I, I love the catcher. 
he reminds me a lot of Rick. He, you know, no matter how good you do or how bad you do, he always comes up and talks to you, pats you in the butt, type of thing, and gets you going. He, he, he's got something special with the pitchers. He handles the pitchers very well. Tippy, um, how much are you looking forward to the get-together? I hear there's going to be about 20 players still around that are going to come. I know Lowenstein won't show up. Uh, but seriously, how excited are you to see the guys? Is it still meaningful to the guys to get together to celebrate that season? Oh, absolutely. You know, because, you know, everybody's got little stories. You know that as well as I do. Uh, um, it's going to be especially exciting because uh, to see Lin Sakata, you know, I think he's coming all the way from Hawaii. And I think he had some issues as well health-wise. And, uh, you know, for him to come and for the Orioles to fly him that far away to come to, to uh, you know, to, to meet the guys again, to have that uh, to get together again for 83, it's going to be really special for me. Uh, it's going to be special for everybody. Yep. It, it, and it helps that, as you mentioned, the Orioles are really good and it's going to be an electric yeah, weekend. it's going to be a really cool It's going to be an awesome weekend in Baltimore. Martinez to Murray once, Martinez to Murray twice, Martinez to Murray three times, in the words of the immortal Tom Marr. You, you know, technically, that third one, right, Barry Bunnell, that was called a caught stealing. Am I right, Tippy? Well, that's what they said. Because he just, actually... Uh, you know what? He actually... Are, they, are they watching the same game that I'm in? You know? <laughs> well, I mean, he was picked off, but the fact that he kept running... You know, yeah, made it, it made it a caught stealing. Yeah. Techni- we, we, technically. All know, we, we all know, we all know what happened. Uh, Tippy Martinez. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, the one thing I want to say is that uh, with those three pickoffs, people just don't know this, is that uh, there was a guy on first base already when I came into the game, yep. and that's, that's when Toronto went, went ahead, so. Uh, just to clarify, <laughs> I, it, it, who cares? Who, yeah. yeah, we don't need all of those details. It's one of the great memories in Orioles history. Tippy Martinez, right, I appreciate it. Truly appreciate taking the time for us. Can't wait to see you and all the guys back here in Baltimore in two weekends. Really appreciate you doing this, and look forward to seeing you then. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Tip. A great Tippy Martinez with us here on uh, GCR. I watched that game in the booth that night in really? the WFBR radio booth at Memorial Stadium. It was unbelievable. And, of course, Lenny Sakata hits the home run. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people. So it's it was wh- – whose home run was it in 79 that we always refer to as the night that Orioles Magic was born? Uh, Doug, that was in 76. 76, thank you. No, I'm sorry. It was 79. Doug DeSensis. Right. Doug DeSensis, yeah. And then, of course – He was not on the team in 83. The um, That night, I, I think, stands out when we talk about the infancy of Oriole Magic, obviously, in August of 83. Is being he was traded for Dan Ford, and the reason Disco he was Dan. traded – was because he was the player rep for the Orioles, and uh, Edward Bennett Williams was kind of ticked off at him for not cluing him in on some stuff, and they got rid of him. Um, you know that that unfortunately that's that's not all that surprising, is it? Nope. Not all that surprising. Nope. Nope. Uh, Stan, I want to take a minute. Uh, Sal Palantonio is going to join us at the top of the hour, but we haven't had an opportunity. Uh, we lost an American icon. Um, Tony Bennett has passed away at the age of ninety-six, and in a way, you know, it's I'm I'm glad that in the last ten years there was a new generation that was able to discover Tony Bennett because of what he did with uh, Lady Gaga, right? Yeah. Like, the, which by the way, those albums phenomenal. 
I mean, really, really good. Um, and the way that she uh, protected. I'm sorry, I'm trying. Oh, I did, I did, yeah, on the picket line. Where actually, I David Simon shared that out uh, on Twitter yesterday, and I saw that, which was really cool. Um, And I think a lot of people maybe learned about Tony Bennett because of that in the last ten years. But truly, an American icon, truly uh, one of the most talented humans that has lived in the last century. And I I am, you know, it's funny because I don't know that that's. I have a personal like story of a tony bennett so, but every tony i just love i put i popped well, it on spotify this morning i'm like god there, yeah. there's there's nothing like tony bennett yeah he was uh, an incredible uh, human being and uh, had his foibles and it was interesting i was listening to the morning joe show coming in and they were talking about him about how and you know what's incredible about tony bennett he never had like a dark side where something was wrong. He was always, everything was so positive. And then during the news on the show, they did a canned piece that somebody with NBC, I think it might have been Rahima Ellis, okay. did this piece. And I did not know that Tony Bennett had drug addiction. I, I do remember the, that. In the being, 70s, yeah. like into the early 80s, and really was had basically disappeared for all intents and purposes you know uh incredible talent yeah incredible talent uh one I, of my favorite singers of all time because just, i was a giant fan back in those days so i left my heart in san francisco really? was it just what did you always, love for the giant i don't know where that what's the story willie mays just willie mays willie mays yeah makes sense yeah. i mean like I, we, we were talking the other day about i had a, i have had a thing so he had uh, on my radio show the other night. I Devereaux call in because he had done the games right. over the weekend, and I was talking about how he was legitimately my favorite Oriole growing up. Right, right. like that's not a, a like I've said that a million times. He was my favorite Oriole, and then I said, but I also just have had a center fielder thing. Like my favorite players to watch always were center fielders. Like yeah. everybody talks about Ken Griffey. Like nobody when you say Ken Griffey was your favorite player to watch, you're like join the club. That mm-hmm. was everybody. But for me. I was an obsessed Kenny Lofton guy. Like, mm-hmm. I would watch Kenny Lofton. I, I used him in today's Immaculate oh, the, the, with the With the, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Stolen with base the Indians. season for the Indians. Um, center fielders, to yeah. me, were the guys that made you want to watch baseball. Right? Well, how about New York City in the 50s? Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, yeah. and Duke Snyder. Not bad. Not bad. Decent little collection player. of center fielders. Yeah. Um, and, of course, in Baltimore, we've been blessed with kind of a really quiet – you know, it's not Hall of Famers, but it's these the same types of entertaining, quality baseball players for the better part of forty years, right? Yeah. And like between and and Cedric certainly become part of that, yeah. Um, with how he plays, but Paul uh, Blair was the, the greatest defensive center fielder I've ever seen. Sure. for catching the baseball. Sure, you know, um, there's just something about center fielders and their range and the spectacular plays that they make. That that is always I have associated love of baseball with love of center fielders right. in my life just guys that i so always you like that song center field put me in coach 100 mm-hmm. percent. like i i don't i don't know what it is but there is a center field sort of obsession that i've mm-hmm. had in my life and so i get it i completely get it tony bennett passed away at the age of 96, 96, 96. Um, had been in bad health for the last couple of years and hadn't made many public appearances but jesus you know a 96 year life and yeah Squeeze just about every ounce uh, you could get. I had a friend who actually saw him at Wolf Trap like five years ago and said he was still still sharp. And in fact, uh, there was like Lady Gaga came out apparently during that show, which was really cool. But, um, you know, he was just running through the numbers. There was no 
chatter. There was yep. no, here are the, the songs, I'm going <clears> to <throat> sing them, and then we're going to move on. Mm-hmm. But he said it was absolutely worth it to be able to see Tony Bennett, yep. which is a really cool thing. I feel like there was something else that I had on the list for you that I wanted to get to. And now I'll tell you what, we'll take a break and I'll see if I can remember it before we come back in. We're also going to be joined by Sal Palantonio from ESPN uh, as we'll get his thoughts on why he believes the Ravens could dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. It's Glenn Clark Radio. It's another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Weekend starts on the 21st with our Bowie Pit Beef Night. Come on out and grab a bite. Back-to-back fireworks carry on to Saturday with the Island Luau, a free Bay Sox Hawaiian shirt to the first 750 fans. And it closes on Sunday with Heroes Day. Bay Sox jerseys auctioned off to support local charities. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJ Michaels. That's AJMichaels.com. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland It's a Maryland thing. 
you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressbox online. And you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grinder. Wait, did I say Grinder? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything, I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, Stan, this would be go no better for me. I want to make that abundantly clear. But I remember one of the things I wanted to do with you today is I wanted you to ad- ad- tell... I'm going to read off the names that are the top of the British Open leaderboard. Okay. And I want you to tell me how many of them you've heard of. Okay. Just heard of. Sure. Because I- I'm only saying this because I was struggling with it. Ricky this Fowler. Uh, Ricky Fowler is not at the top of struggling. Is it is it even right he, now? But he had a, he had a rough final hole yesterday, you know right? What? Like Ricky, he, Ricky Fowler is being Ricky Fowler. That's just. I think he was like playing well yesterday. Got to the 18th and hit two balls like out of bounds and ended up making an eight on the final hole today right. yesterday. So the leader of the British Open currently at 10 under already mm-hmm. finished his second round. Brian Harmon. Mrs. Harmon's Harman's son. son, exactly right. Yeah. I know you've heard of the next couple of names. Sure. I, Jordan Spieth is in second place right I now. You definitely name, know yeah. who Jordan Spieth is. Under Armour spokesperson. I think you might have. I don't know if you've heard of Tommy Fleetwood. I've heard the name, I've, but I, if you had said to me, wasn't in this right? What does Tommy Fleetwood do? I would have probably yeah. guessed race car driver. Right. Right. Glenn, by the way, uh, my that, trivia question is going to be based around golf. So okay, should, I'm probably not going to do well. I won't be here for that. Oh yeah, you got to duck out early. Oh, um, that's going to be fun for you, Glenn. One that you'll, I, I almost certainly you will know. We've learned yesterday he's 50 years old. Stuart Sink, yes, is in fourth place. Yes. Now it's going to get a little dicey. Antoine Rosner is tied for fourth. No, never heard of Antoine That makes Rosner. two of us. Uh, Minwoo Lee is at three under. No, I have okay. no idea. I only know because Drew talks about him a what lot. What country is he from? Uh, Minwoo Lee is from... I'm going to guess Korea. Actually. Yeah, I would guess Korea. I think that's what it is. Let me double check on that because he's, yeah, he's, he's actually from Australia. Oh, really? He's actually from Australia. Okay. Uh, Matthew Jordan. No. Yeah. Okay. That Michael Jordan. I don't know. <laughs> That's Michael I Jordan. don't know. Uh, Wyndham Clark. Yes, I've heard of Wyndham Clark. You should because he yeah. won the he U.S. Won, Open. He won like a couple, yeah, yeah a couple yeah. weeks ago. He won the U.S. Open. Adrian o- Otegi. No. Yep. Yeah, makes no. a couple. Emiliano Grillo. No. Yeah. His Sh- name's come up a little bit. If you His say, I believe you. Yeah. Uh, Shubhanker Sharma. No. All right. <laughs> Sounds Matt- like a law firm of two Indians. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Southgate. Never heard of Matthew Southgate. Thurston Lawrence. Never heard of Thurston. And then finally we get to Roy McElroy. <laughs> I've heard of <laughs> yeah, him. Right, yeah. heard of He's him. a decently big name. Yeah, you know? I've, I've heard of him. Some people have heard of him. Yeah. By it's- the way, I got... I- I did a pull the immaculate grid out. That's right, stand the fan. Immaculate today. Nice pull on. Uh, oh man, I don't know if Nick Hundley. Yeah, that's a nice pull. Really nice pull. Won't tell you which Two one of those. Percenter. No, it's a that's a he really had to good be one. A San Diego Two percent. Two percent of people guessed yeah. that. Yeah. I- that's wild. Probably people that were either not in- that because yeah. he's not that. It's not. It was like he was in the two. 2012 Orioles. Right, yeah. If, it, yes, if he had played for the 92 yeah. Orioles, right. then he would be 0.02% right. on yeah. Nick Hundley. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It still seems like a high number. I also just don't think there are a lot of obvious ones. Like, I don't think until today, until you would, guys said I, know, it, I don't my, think Nick Hundley's crossed my, my mind. My question is, would my guy have worked? Would Eric Shaw... Can you go back and... Is there a, well, we can just look him up. Yeah. We can do that. Uh, by the way, so, my guy would have worked. Who was that? that Andy was, Ashby. Andy Ashby. Andy Ashby would have worked. One. 
Uh, and you said Eric Schell. Yeah. Hang on a second. I know we pitched for the Padres. Eric Schell. Like whenever a pitcher goes bad for the Padres, they end up in Colorado. Uh, would have been. He was definitely a Padre and was never a Rocky. Oh, never a Rocky. He was out of baseball by 91, so he wasn't even wow. in baseball. The Rockies' first season was 92, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Or yeah, 93, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it was 93. Um, so, yeah, that was the other thing that I had on my list for you was to see how things are going. Jordan, by the way, Jordan Spieth just made the most Jordan Spieth par. Okay. Uh, he sliced his drive like 50 yards off the fairway into the weeds in the right. Then he his next shot is about 10 yards from the green, and then he makes the most beautiful chip from about maybe not even a foot to the cup. So the, the it would be is, if if the, he could stay in contention, it would be a huge every, story. Every Jordan Spieth hole is a yeah. nightmare, but he always pulls <laughs> somehow, it out. It's yeah, always yeah. it's just somehow there's always one bad shot in there. All right, uh, we are going to chat with Sal Palantonio here in just one second. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with us this morning. Right, next week, I will be gone. I am uh, going to be at the beach. Who's filling in? Oh, I've Monday got, I've got, uh, I lined up, I lined up the Gary absolute Stein? best fill-in host. Stein? Ken Zalis will be here on Wednesday and Thursday of next week. Um, no, I, I, I got to thank both Stan and KZ, who are going to be no, coming thank in. Us, thank us after. Yeah, make sure the show's still back. here yeah. when, we come, when I come back. Um, Stan didn't oversleep right? on Monday. Yeah, I'm going to be at the beach with family, and I appreciate those guys uh, stepping up and coming in to uh, hang out and guest uh, host the show next week. Griffin will be back to hang out with them, so appreciate them doing that next week. Again, Stan on Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. KZ will be here on Wednesday and Thursday of next week. Our next guest, of course, one of my favorites, of course, longtime ESPN NFL insider, and he was on Get Up the other day and said, I think the Ravens have a chance to dethrone the Chiefs in the AFC this season. He is our friend, Mr. Sal Palantonio, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Sal, it's Glenn. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with me this morning. It's great to chat with you as always, sir. Thank you for taking the time for us. Glenn, anytime you call, I'm ready to I, go. It means the world, my friend. Um, I was not really, you know, the funny thing, knowing how you feel about this team and how they put things together, I was not particularly surprised by what it is that you had to say the other day. Explain to everybody else, why is it that you are so bullish about this Ravens team? Well, let me take you back. Uh, this is what happened. So Mike Greenberg was back in studio, and I've been on Get Up about once a month uh, this off season been nice to be in the studio but mike was on vacation in japan and he comes back and we have our pre-show meeting at the seaport studios and the producers are uh talking to us about the show and they said let's throw out this question what what team do you think in the afc has the best chance to unseat the chiefs as the uh, afc representatives of the super bowl and they went around the room, and I raised my head, and I said, I think it's the Baltimore Ravens. And they asked me to lay out my case, and I did, and it made it into the show, and it became a definite point of discussion. And I, and I do believe it. After studying what the Ravens have done this offseason and where they were last year, you know, things have to things have to go right, but I just I just love what the Ravens have done to reconstitute that football team and reconstruct it. And it starts in my view, Glenn, with the offensive coordinator mm -hmm. Todd Bunkin. Sal, a long time no talk to Stan the fan. How you doing, Sal? 
understand. My man. It's got to be. It's been a while. Hey, um, we're we're readying ourselves at press box for an August cover. Uh, that's going to be a deep dive into everything that the club did surrounding Lamar. I very rarely come up with a headline before the story's been written, but we've technically, we tentatively got the, the, the headline, how far, comma, Lamar, with a question hmm. mark. Hmm. This is really all about, is Lamar as good as Lamar thinks he is? Well, of course, Lamar is good. Uh, well, but you know, I think it's going to be really exciting to see what the Ravens' offense is going to look under the tutelage of this new offensive coordinator. And I think it's important for people to go back to the Eagles, the first year of Chip Kelly, because Todd Munkin is Chip Kelly light. He will use speed and spacing to force the defense to defend all 53 and a half yards horizontally and a hundred yards vertically. And he will use speed. And when I say speed, I'm talking about the speed of the players on the field, particularly flowers, particularly Lamar Jackson, maybe Odell Beckham jr. And, uh, and also getting up to the line of scrimmage quickly, mm-hmm. no huddle quite a bit. Yep. And making sure that, you know, he has enough options when he's, back there, whether it's in the shotgun or under center, which he rarely is under center, uh, that he has a lot of options to get the ball out of his hands quickly. You know, what's in vogue now in the NFL is blitzing. And the number way, one way to mitigate the blitz is the ball has to come out of the quarterback's hands quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it all over the NFL. You're going to see it with the Jets with Hackett, they're going to eliminate all the motion in the Matt LaFleur offense. And, and it will be dictated by Aaron Rodgers pre-snap read and him getting the ball out quickly. And that's why you'll see a dramatic decrease in the number of sacks, even though the Jets offensive line is always a work in progress. You'll see it with Mac Jones. Bill O'Brien is the king of empty sets. When he was with Deshaun Watson in Houston, they ran the third highest number of empty sets over a six-year period. And New England last year was last in the league in empty sets. And what do empty sets do? Gives the quarterback options at the line of scrimmage so the ball comes out, out quickly. And you'll see that with Todd Munkin and the Ravens. There'll be a lot of empty sets. There'll be a lot of be speed to the line of scrimmage, speed getting the ball out, speed going downfield. It'll be speed and spacing. It'll be just like Chip Kelly did with Mike Vick uh, back in, I believe it was 2013 or 14. Really interesting, uh, Sal, that you picked up on. One of the biggest problems I've had with Lamar is not his skill set. It's coming to the line of scrimmage and really being with enough time to really master what he's got to look at and, and get the plays off in time. There were so many times... We'd see it like go down to the wire. It seemed like it was staggeringly rushed. So, yeah. Staggeringly so. Uh, Todd Mungin will clearly, you're saying, make this a real point of contention. Point of emphasis. Yeah, point of I don't emphasis. Think it's been, I don't think it's Lamar's issue mainly. As I think it, it's, it's the construction of the offense. Okay. It's coaching. You know, coaching matters in the National Football League. Scheme matters on offense. And um, I think... 
people will be not surprised. I think they'll be shocked by how fast this offense runs. It runs white hot, machine gun fast. That sounds exciting, that sounds exciting to exciting us. To it us, sounds yeah. really exciting. The great Sal Palantonio with us here on GCR. Sal, I think one of the things that like everybody knows the Ravens are going to throw more because it's almost impossible to not, right? We were talking about a Greg Roman offense. But, but you know the same way that we do, of course, that this is still a Ravens franchise that in their DNA has always wanted to be the team that was suited to run the ball and play in cold weather and AFC North games in December and cold situations in January. Do you have a sense yet for what that line might look like for a team that is definitely going to throw the ball more versus still knowing that their DNA is what it is? Well, I think it's all about deception. You know, the best plan travels well with a bodyguard of lies. That's Churchill, by the way. Not bad. Uh, Not bad. Right, right, write that one down. I, I, I've used that before. Uh, I, I got it from my old man, uh, who was a football coach. But um, I digress. I think you know it'll be about deception on the field. It'll be about speed on the field. And you know because teams have been challenged severely in lining up with the best possible op- offensive line due to a lot of different factors. Uh, you know, fewer and fewer a lot of good offensive linemen are coming out of college. Offensive linemen are getting injured more. Um, <clears throat> defenses are blitzing more. The power, speed, and, and bulk of defensive lines has put so much torque and so much pressure on offensive lines so that if you use an offense that uses deception and speed, you can mitigate some of that. And I think that's what you'll see here. You, you, you saw it last year in Philly. Philly doesn't have a big offensive line, but it has an offensive line that's effective within that offensive system. And that's why everybody calls it the best offensive line. It's an old offensive line. Jason mm. Kelsey is older. Mm-hmm. Lane Johnson is older. Uh, you know, they just got rid of their starting one of their starting guards because he couldn't handle uh, the speed and the complexity of what they do. So, um, you know, and it took Jordan Mailata almost five full years to become a starting left tackle. And then when he finally clicked in, they gave him a big contract. So the Eagles are a good indication or a good example, excuse me, illustration of how you use speed, athleticism, and complexity to defeat defensive lines. Now, that didn't happen in the Super Bowl, um, and then that was a problem. Uh, so, you know, when you have a good defensive line, sometimes it's, it can be defeated. But when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson and his, you know, pyrotechnic speed, it really offsets. You know, we saw, remember when we saw Bosa come in and <laughs> he would rush the outside so quickly that he would give away what he was doing and the Ravens just killed them. Yep. Remember? Yep. Oh, it was one when, of the... When the Chargers yep. came in, they just, they just, you know, Lamar's speed and deception just mitigated that pass like crazy. Do you remember that game? Was 100%, that your place? 100%. Remember it well. Yeah, so, I mean, Lamar offsets a lot of that. Um, and I'm, I'm anxious to see how OBJ and Zay Flowers work. You know, I mean, it won't be that complicated. Zay Flowers will run a lot of nine routes. 
and they'll have to use a safety to help out whatever DB is on him. That'll open things up for Mark. That'll open up things for OBJ. That'll open things up for Lamar, J.K. Dobbins. I think Zay Flowers is one of the most important rookies to watch in training camp. We're seven weeks away uh, from opening day, and I think I think Zay Flowers is one of the more intriguing rookies in the league, if not the most intriguing hmm. rookie, considering the change that you've made at the offensive coordinator position. Sal, I just wanted to flip over to the defensive side of the ball for a second. What kind of impact do you think David Ajabo will make on this defensive line? Well, he'll make a very positive impact. Uh, I, I, I think I think he'll make a very positive impact. Uh, I think you know the game is about matchups, right, Stan? You know that uh, uh, as well as anybody. You know that, Glenn, as well as anybody. And one of the things that we study on the NFL matchup show, and I know you guys watch the show, no, is no okay. Doubt. It's it's a week to week game. So you're demanding uh, mismatches on the offensive and defensive side of the ball in different ways. One is talent. Two is speed. The other is formation variation or scheme and personnel groupings, which is the hardest way to do it. And, you know, the Ravens have always been terrific at finding one guy or two guys on defense and sometimes more than that. Uh, multiple Hall of Famers in their past that can dominate mat or make mismatches or create matchup problems through their sheer talent, and this is one guy who can do that. Uh, we are we are looking forward to seeing an entire season of him after a little bit of a taste that we got a year ago. Sal, I wonder, uh, you know, this felt like kind of a, a boiling point um, this week with the running backs uh, around the league, and not just the guys that were immediately impacted. Obviously, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, but I thought the tweet that Jonathan Taylor sent out really kind of encapsulated everything. And I was chatting about it with Ray Rice the other day. The J.K. Dobbins situation is is very much in the forefront of this, right, where you understand why a guy says, look, I've been through a lot of things. I, I kind of like to to be paid. And the Ravens say, well, yeah, but no. Like, we, it just doesn't make sense for us to do this. And I, I don't know where this goes with running backs because I, I just – I think Jonathan Taylor's point is is correct. Like it's very clearly being shown, you can perform well. We are not going to budget money at running back around the league. We're just choosing. That's not where we're going to budget money. And I don't know what changes that. Yeah, I think it's a big mistake to do that. Uh, you know, running backs I think are a critical uh, inflection point in any offense, uh, especially when you want to run the football with your quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Very, very important to have a running back who's uh, at least going to be a deception point for defenses. They have to occupy somebody. And uh, if your running back is not good enough or you know doesn't have it, it's a mistake not to invest in a good running back. And I get what the economics are and the analytics. And there's another one that I always – and I said this on Get Up – this past week, Glenn, and that is not all running backs are the same. That's true. And so, you know, when you run your offense through your running back, like they do with the Raiders and Josh Jacobs, or they do with the Giants and, uh, and Saquon Barkley, that's different from what other teams do. Kansas City can get away 
with using Isaiah Pacheco because they have Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. In the case of Baltimore, you know, you can't tell me that you're going to run that offense without J.K. Dobbins. We saw what happened when they did. That's a fact. So you, you have to come to a compromise and make sure that the player is happy and whole and healthy financially um, or else, you know, you're going to have a problem on your hands. I think getting back to the Ravens, um, you know, J.K. Dobbins is so important. He's, he really is. He's healthy. That's going to help them. It, re- it, it really is. If and I think the whole, you know, I think this season, the way it's laid out, it's really interesting because they're, they've got all three of their division road games before Halloween. Mm-hmm. It, no, it sets that, up well. That's a, that, yeah. That's amazing to me. If you can, right, Glenn, if you can, let's see, Cincinnati, okay, tough one, right? Let's say they go one and one out of the gate. And Indy comes in, you've got to have that one. If you can get one of the next two on the road at Cleveland or at Pittsburgh, you you set up you set up the season very well, I think. I fully agree, Sal. Sal, I got a couple questions outside Raven Camp uh, for you, just NFL questions in general. You've been around sports a long time. Uh, you understood the you know the sanctity of not gambling on games, the changeover where betting is legal, and now we're getting this raft of suspensions. Was there was it communicated well enough to the players? Uh, what do you think happened there? Why we're having this raft of suspensions over betting on football? You know, I don't have an answer for you on that. I think it was communicated very well uh, by the league and by individual teams. Uh, I think they still have to communicate it to these players. Uh, you know, the rules that are set up are fairly straightforward. They're not that complicated. But if you're an NFL player, you know, you, you have to realize that your window of employment and opportunity is small compared to the rest of the world. You know, yep. let's just yeah. take running backs. It's, it's three years. Mm-hmm. So for three years, for three years, you don't gamble. Right. right. Just don't, you know, I don't gamble. I don't. I'm on ESPN. I don't want to, I don't want to sully my, my image in any way, shape or form. And I don't gamble. My other question outside of Ravens camp, did, did, in the end, did Dan Snyder have any friends among the, the other 31 owners in the National Football League? Did he watch them? Did he, did have, he have any, any did he have any friends, people that really like, liked him, wanted to stand up for him, or did he have 31 enemies in this league? Oh, I don't know the answer to that question. I, I just don't. Okay. I don't know. I don't know each of the owners well enough to okay. make. Uh, but you know, it, uh, you know, you could see that the handwriting was on the wall. Oh yeah. <clears throat> that investigation was pretty thorough, and uh, you know, 
they made the decision. It was time to go. Yeah. And, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm speaking to Baltimore Ravens fans. There's no, there's, they're not too worried about what's going on with the command. Yeah, there's not a lot of love <laughs> lost between the. In fact, I, I joked about it. I joked about it, Sal. I, I said, I know the dynamics, Glenn. Yeah, I know, the dynamics. I know you do. Somebody, I, I said her. waking up in Baltimore right. concerned about what's happening with the command. Well, I, I, you say that. It's funny. I said, I said this. Nobody deserves what that fan base has been through, right? Like, no one does, no matter how you feel about it. No, no. sports fan deserves that. But. It was always kind of nice knowing you only had to compete against thirty other NFL teams instead yeah, listen, of thirty. I've been around. Others. I've been around. I've been around uh, FedEx a lot. Yeah. And the people who run that stadium and the fans have always been great to me. Soup to nuts, start to finish. Uh, you know, and I've covered it back to the Joe Gibbs days, and I've I've always been welcomed there with open arms and. Um, I'm I'm hoping that they 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 get everything back together because you know it's the NFC East and uh, it's 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 always a lot of fun to go down there, especially when the Eagles or the Ravens are involved. So when is matchup coming back? When will when will be the first episode of the season? All right, week one. We'll be back week one with the great Greg Cosell and Darius Butler. We'll be back. It's my twentieth. Believe it or not. 20, you can see all that gray hair I have on television. <laughs> 20 years hosting the NFL matchup show. That's awesome. Mm. That's awesome. You've had an and incredible the career. In NFL, films, NFL films people do such a magnificent job. Uh, if you've never gone, you guys should come up sometime and watch a taping of the show and I, come hang out with us and have breakfast in the NFL films cafeteria, the Ed Sable cafeteria. So this is a promise. I, I would love to do that. I will be in touch with you about that. I would love to come up and see you guys tape that show. I think that would be awesome. Um, All right, good. Sal, it's always a pleasure, my friend. You've always been great to us. Thank you so much for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. Really enjoyed it and look to do it again as we get closer to the start of the season. All right, I'll see you down at the Castle and down at M&T Bank Stadium, great. I'm sure, this year. Great to hear your voice, Sal. You're, 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 right, one, of, you're, you're okay. one of a kind. You really are. Thanks, brother. I'll All talk right. to you. Talk to you later. Sal Palantonio from ESPN with us here on GCR. Always appreciate him. He actually had to go out of his way this week in order to make some time for us because we had some uh, technology problems. Some back and forth with, with Sal, but uh, he's uh, always been very kind. I've always appreciated that. Um, we'll go right from uh, Sal to we're going to make a phone call to uh, Delmarva and uh, grab Carter Young here we'll in do. just one second. Today's show brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, where we're offering new sports. <laughs> Ironic that we're doing this right after the conversation we yep. just had with Sal. Yep. But you're not in the NFL, I don't think. Maybe some of you are because you haven't gone back to work yet. But those of you that aren't in the NFL, we are offering you new sports bettors, the best sign-up bonuses and promos from the seven legal online sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings. After placing your first $10 bet or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars, time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers and sign up today. All right. Um, it's time for us to make a trip down to Salisbury and chat with a member of the Delmarva Shorebirds, our next guest, in uh, his second season. Uh, he happens to know one of the newest Baltimore Orioles quite well. He is shortstop Carter Young, and he is with us now here on GCR. Carter, it's Glenn and Stan here in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. 
No problem. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Carter, it's great to chat with you, dude. Um, first full pro season, right? Give me the give me your breakdown. Um, we all know what the numbers are. On base percentage is excellent. Batting average probably not where you want it to be. But give me your breakdown of what you've been happiest about that you've accomplished in this first pro season. What it is that, that you'd say, if I'm critiquing myself, this is what I need to do better. Um, I think, uh, I think having an open mind about just everything, uh, coming into this season and just being open to really learning everything and, um, playing different positions and, uh, hitting wherever in the lineup has really been something that I, uh, I've, I've been open to and just something that's new to me. But, uh, I mean, growing up, I, I've always played, I've, I've played positions I caught to um but uh I'm sorry what what was the question just you know, but, <laughs> like what, what you're proudest of and then maybe what you're critiquing yourself the most about at this point like what, uh, you... what I'm what I'm critiquing right now I mean there, I mean there's a lot there's always something that that needs to be critiqued um but I think what what I need to work on right now is just the overall hitting aspect and uh just getting on base more often and obviously you mentioned it my my batting average is low and it's obviously not where I want it to be but uh we're doing some things that um are very drastic and I I actually like it a lot our hitting coach here Josh Bunselmeyer uh he, he does a really good job and I love all the stuff he does and um I think a lot of what he has to say has has helped me a lot this year uh not just in in terms of hitting but also mentally and how I approach every at-bat when I step into the box. is just he's, he's really helped me improve in that as well. So Carter, could you explain, because I think a lot of people have heard about some of the different things that the Orioles have done within the organization, but when you say the word drastic, can you maybe you know try to dumb it down for, for guys like me that have you know never were able to hit a fastball, right? Like, and And right. tell me a little bit more about what it is, like, uniquely that you've been working on and and how maybe you see it helping you as you make progress? Well, I'm, I'm sure as you guys know, in the past, I, I want to say like five years, we've made some drastic changes just within the whole organization from mm -hmm. top to bottom. But uh, I think bringing in younger coaches, coaches that want to be open to helping players, be open to whatever players like want to do, I guess, is something that is very new to just the game of baseball. There's there's a lot of different techniques that are being taught, and that that's one thing one thing that you see in college baseball a lot is uh, the the ability to transfer to different places. And I think that kind of correlates with uh, you're seeing more of like pro baseball and college baseball just within the past couple of years because of the transfer portal, and it makes it so if you don't like a uh, position that you're in with a hitting coach or with any kind of coach, you can move on to the next one. But in pro professional baseball, I will say that that is one of the things that I like a lot is just how open the hitting coaches are, how open all of the coaches are to um, maybe a, a certain kind of drill that I want to do or something of that nature. But uh, I'll give you some examples of what we've been working on. We've been working on a lot of uh, just seeing off-street pitches, and I'm not sure if you guys are uh, familiar with um, pitch, like the, how pitches move and stuff like that, sure. so how many, how many 
the vertical run or things 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 like that. Just working on hitting fastballs and fastballs that rise in, into the zone, that start low and rise into the zone. That's, that's something that really is something that we've been working on as a whole org and especially where I'm at with Delmarva. So That's cool. Hey, Carter, uh, just for, for laymen like Glenn and myself, I mean, we've played baseball and Little League and all that. How much time, when you say about making the adjustments to hit a fastball that rises, how much time are we talking about that you have to recognize mm. and then deliver the swing to the right place? <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it definitely – Professional baseball has definitely changed a lot for me. Uh, there's, there. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's not that much of a like a, of a, a difference between all of the levels of baseball, but there is just that that little difference of guys being able to make the right pitch, location being correct, the correct pitch for uh, getting the batter off of off of his timing. And I, I want to say that I, I don't remember what it was, but it's like. Four thousandths of a second, or something like that. <laughs> oh God! You got all the time in the you got all the time in the world to make that hit decision, <laughs> that swing decision. Yeah. Oh man, I can't even imagine. Right? Yeah. I, I can't. Do, you can't do anything in four thousandths of a second. Carter Young is with us. Hey, the Shorebirds are home this weekend. If you're like me and you are headed down to the beach this weekend. Stop by in Delmarva. Check out the Shorebirds on the way. Tonight, a barbecue grill set giveaway for the first 1,000 fans. I think Luke went to to. Oh, when he was Delmarva, down? That makes all the sense yep, in the world. Yep. Tomorrow night, uh, fireworks and Margaritaville night. And on Sunday, kids run the bases. Um, Carter, I, I'm wondering, you know, we mentioned, the, you know, you say you want to get on base more. You, given where your batting average is, your on-base percentage is, is quite good, right? Um Right. A lot of guys that have come into the Orioles system have had to change their approach. But looking back on your numbers in college, it, it seems like you've always been pretty patient and pretty disciplined at the plate. Is that something that you know has carried with you throughout the course of your life in the sports? Uh, yeah, honestly, it, it actually has been. I, th- I would say that's one of the one of the main things that stayed consistent with my gameplay throughout all of the time that I played baseball. Really is just my ability to pick up good pitches and swing at the right pitches. And I feel like throughout college, obviously there was a little bit of, of strikeout doubt. And uh, I feel like coming here this year to Delmarva and getting drafted and playing professional baseball, getting more at bats, I think that has helped a lot with just overall pitch recognition and swinging at the right pitches and uh, maybe time for fat, more fastballs instead of trying to swing at more off speed and you know it's, it's just oh i think the main difference is the difference is just how many at bats you get because the more often you see pitches the just the, the better off you are at uh, recognizing those pitches later on carter a little bit of an obscure question but last night the orioles moved into first place one of the key plays in the game was a sacrifice bunt laid down by Adam mm. Frazier. Mm. Do do young players your age do they spend any time bunting a baseball and practicing uh, the, the correct fundamentals to do that? Yeah, yeah. We so especially um, in spring training. 
spring training is definitely where we spend a majority of our time working on those smaller fundamentals, like uh, maybe uh, pitchers working on ground balls, which you don't really don't see that very often during the season. But in spring training, they're definitely doing that every day. Uh, bunting, uh, base running, all those smaller things. We work with, we tune them up like once or twice every week during the season. But during spring training, we work on those things every single day. And uh, that's definitely something that we work on throughout our entire organization. I know that's not something that is important in a lot of other organizations, but the Orioles have done a very good job of making sure to stick to the, uh, I, I, I hate to say it, but the old school rules of baseball. Hmm. Which, uh, you don't, I mean, you don't really see those things very often these days, especially with the statistics like launch angle and extra velocity. And uh, like I said, the pitchers, uh, pitchers ball movement and stuff like that. So uh, I think small ball is definitely still important with us. Well, I'm going to give you an observation from a 71 year old guy who's watched baseball for a long, long time. This, the, the, the way that the shifts have been, you know, made illegal. I see teams still attempting to shift within the rules by playing much deeper. Uh, and I think that we've seen, you've noticed it, Glenn, so many infield singles mm-hmm. that are numbers that in the past the third baseman would come in and make a play. There, there's a lot of room to get base hits and get on base uh, right. by a, a skilled bunter today. Yeah, you, you're you're absolutely right. Um, in the big leagues, a lot of a lot of time you see uh, guys trying to trying to cheat the shift, the new shift rules. Uh, I saw early in the year. I want to say it was one of the first couple months of the season. Um, they shifted Joey Gallo with. Uh, I think they put one of the outfielders in the. In, in, I think they put the left fielder in right field, in shallow right field, so so that it was pretty much just like having the third baseman go back over mm-hmm. into that shift. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's loopholes. There's different ways. I mean, you can't you can't hate it because they're. I mean, they're just playing the game. They're trying to find the best way to right. And they to can't get out, and they so. can't they can't hate you for bunting in front of them. <laughs> yeah. And my day. point my point yeah. is, I'm guessing you're not considered an elite power prospect. I don't know. He had that big home run season okay. at Vanderbilt. Yeah, okay. had a pretty big home run season. Well, then, then maybe I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Keep swinging away, baby. <laughs> now, I just I see it out there, and I see there's a way to take advantage of it from smart right. players, and I'm assuming you right. went to Vanderbilt. Yeah, you must you're be obviously pretty smart. quite smart. Yeah, we weren't allowed in at Vanderbilt. <laughs> Stan, I, I went mean, to the bathroom once. Yeah, there. and they kicked us off campus. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Carter, I, I imagine that would be a neat moment for you two weeks ago. Obviously, uh, the Orioles announced they've drafted Enrique. Um, we had the opportunity to, to chat with him last week. Can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with him, uh, your excitement to be back around him, and, and what we all should know about him? Um, so my, my relationship with Enrique started actually when I was 17 years old, maybe, maybe 16. Uh, we actually played together with one of the, uh, one of the USA national teams. It wasn't, it wasn't a team that went to any other country or anything. It was just one that, uh, I think we played at Wrigley together. So it was just like a, 
like a round robin tournament, I guess, with with two teams. He was on the other team, and I was on uh, one of the other teams. But uh, that's when our relationship started. And then uh, after that, he went to Vandy. I was already at Vandy, and we became pretty good friends. We were obviously uh, two of the the bigger names at at Vandy right after Jack Leiter and Kumar left yeah a decent group of you that were there by the way decent little group of talent y'all put together i wonder how you managed to make the the world series final seems crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i mean he's a good kid really good kid he's got a good head on his shoulders uh really good family amazing family his family has always uh reached out to my family whenever they need anything or uh i mean it's just a really good kid Definitely will fire everybody up when he gets here. He's, he's got a lot of tools, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to be able to play with him again at some point. That's awesome. That is awesome. It's a really cool story, the way that that's worked out. And then I and I yeah. like I, I joked about it, but you know we saw some serious pop from you during your time at Vanderbilt. Um, is it something that you would say to us, you know, I don't know if I was ever going to be that guy, or do you feel like that's still in you as you progress that getting to that place where you can put up some, some real power numbers is still something that you're looking to try to do over the course of the next couple of years. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, that, I, when, when that happened, I, I had no expectations of that happening. I didn't know that, that uh, I was going to have one of those types of seasons. Um, but after seeing it happen one time and, Hopefully, I mean, doing the same things and uh, just having the same things and being able to uh, go in and do the same thing every day. I mean, hopefully I can be able to have one of those seasons again. But, uh, you know, injuries happen, things of that, ha- things of that sort happen. And, I mean, it, 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 I'm, I'm hoping for it to happen again. I'll just, I'll, 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 <laughs> we'll echo that then. We'll echo that we're hoping yeah. for it to happen again as well. And if not... Yeah. Stan already painted it. You become the best bunter in the history of baseball, and that's the that's the move. That's the path. Um, yeah. Carter is it's Carter Young two on Instagram. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Carter Young two on Instagram. If you want to give him a follow there, I just want to say you know the the old slogan "Chicks dig the long ball." I see a new thing with you, Carter. <laughs> Chicks dig the bunter. Yeah. You know. Right. <laughs> That, that's the thing. That is going to get everybody back. And they find sexy playing Pepper. That's, <laughs> playing what, that's what they pepper really get bunting. turned on by. <laughs> Those are the two. Hey, Carter, appreciate you, man. Uh, I'm rooting uh, to continue to see you succeed, man. Best of luck as the season goes on. And look forward to doing this again down the road. Thank Good you luck. for taking Good the time luck, for us. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. Thanks, man. Carter Young uh, with us here on GCR uh, from down in Delmarva. Yeah, I might try to go Sunday night now that I look at Although I I didn't I literally was doing the math as oh, I you're going down okay you're going to be down the the, the like the, the ideal way to do it is to stop on the way right right like that's unfortunately once you get to the beach it's a pretty good haul back right. oh it's like forty minutes yeah minimum well yeah. and we're staying in Bethany so yeah, it's even right. more than that so that's the best place down there 
I love Bad Feet. Undoubtedly. Don't, don't get you, me wrong. Have you ever eaten at an old sponsor's place? Uh, the, Steve on, over Big the, Bats? Uh, 100% I've yeah. eaten at Big Bats. The kids 100%. would love that I, I completely agree. I'm trying to figure out what our plan is for leaving tomorrow. Glenn, are, are you taking the kids or are you going alone? Or? No, no, no. I mean, the family's going. Oh, okay. Family's sure. going. So they originally, it's a very long story. You're not locking the doors and just yeah, leaving just say, the good kitchen luck. with yeah, food. Hey, good luck. Honey, dog. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, have a good, I'll look after each other now. He's 80. He's old enough. Come on. He's got this. You can warm up a hot pocket. Um, so they, it's it's a very this story. My wife's grandfather lived in Easton. He had lost his arm in war, right? And so he had a caretaker, right? And the caretaker was essentially like family to them. So they were hoping to drive down tomorrow and have lunch with their grandfather's caretaker on the way to the beach, right? But I guess that might not be happening. So now we got to figure out. We might have the chance. Like I was looking at the map. There is a game tomorrow at five o'clock. That if they're cool with me taking the boys to the game, because we're going to drive two cars anyway. Right. She and her mom are going with us. That they could go on. You're just going to gonna the beach. veer off. I veer off. I take the boys to the game tomorrow night at five. They go to the beach. We meet them there afterwards. All's yep. good. Yeah. I would like to at least suggest that. We will see what the reception it's is. Not for gonna, that. It's I, not going to go over. I have no well. doubt that the response is going to be like, I, I, I just, I don't know. They're not going to get any sleep. I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I told you not to get married. I know. Didn't you I? did. You made it very clear. I didn't you say said, don't have kids. Right. That part is okay. Yeah. It's the getting married part that's an issue. That's <sighs> what it is. All right, we'll come back in. Um, I, I do want to talk to you about the Dan Snyder stuff and obviously the new ownership yeah. in DC. Yeah. Then we'll get a tidbit and two bit to wrap up for the week. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one. 800 gambler. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland. And DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource. Home to Easy Pass, pay by plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com will keep you moving. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley Bob, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. 
another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Weekend starts on the 21st with our Bowie Pit Beef Night. Come on out and grab a bite. Back-to-back fireworks carry on to Saturday with the Island Luau, a free Bay Sox Hawaiian shirt to the first 750 fans. And it closes on Sunday with Heroes Day. Bay Sox jerseys auctioned off to support local charities. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? Winding down for the day and for the week, Stan the Fan Charles in studio with us on GCR. Um, Stan, if anybody hasn't picked up this print issue of Pressbox yet. Going fast. Yeah, I don't know what you're waiting for. This is, this is just about the last call for you to get to your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of these hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You can always read it at PressBoxOnline.com. It's a wonderful issue celebrating the life and legacy of the great uh, Tony Saragusa, just an outstanding cover story from our friend Dave Ginsburg about uh, the goose and how his family is keeping his legacy alive. It's a really wonderful story. I encourage you to check it out. Yeah. Um, Stan, we were talking about it with Sal a little bit. Obviously, yesterday uh, was a day of joy for our friends to the South as it marked the end of Dan Snyder's tenure as owner of the Washington Commanders or whatever it is that you want to call them. Friends is a uh, interesting assertion well i love I'm, I, I'm kidding i'm, I'm kidding I'm, I'm i i've lost a lot they have been so bad that i have lost all the vitriol that i had once yeah. upon a time like it's, been, i'm totally they, with you there yeah they've been they've they've had a football team but the fan base there knows that they haven't had a a credible football Correct. team since since dan snyder really took over so, briefly during when gibbs came back he wasn't the same coach but he did get, at least get them yeah, the they they felt like they mattered they for a minute. Felt like they mattered for a minute. Yep. Yeah. So they've been humbled much the way Baltimore was humbled 100%. by by being run by Robert Irsay. And you know, there's an old expression, you can't F up cornflakes. You know, Robert Irsay and Dan Snyder managed to F up cornflakes. Yeah, right. The most yeah. successful, beloved franchises you could ever possibly imagine. Two of the most of all time yep. in the National Football League. 
the waiting list for tickets yep. for for uh, red uh, redskin games mm-hmm. was off the charts. Now you can't. You basically can't give tickets away. And I think the biggest part of that is the stadium is so... Well, I mean, the stadium's an abomination. Horrible. Yeah, it's an abomination. I had to go there once when I worked for a company two years ago or so. Part of our job was going to football games, actually. It it would take a while to explain why. But... uh, Way too young to have a job that required anything. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Were you you the guy drawing the first down line on the field? Is that what you were doing? It was weird how every time he would run out on the field and he would manage to get the paint down and then he would somehow get it back up one play later. It was crazy. Anyway, point of the story is that they were playing the Eagles that day, and that was the day... I I only said I had a friend who was like the first ever guy that put the first down line on now you know he did it from a truck obviously but he still had to go to the even have to go to a city when they were first in the infancy of the first down line you have to go to whatever city and do it from a truck outside there now i don't think you have to be on site for any of that stuff and so the one time i go there this is the eagles game and the guy falls out of the stands because the wall collapses on Jalen. oh yeah Uh so i was there Mm -hmm. that game i saw that happen and that was you didn't, get, just you didn't get sprayed with any of the uh, loose uh, plumbing. The, the sewage was, did yeah, not come down on me. That, that, that was a few days before. Thank God I wasn't. Yeah, that, that obviously is an abomination, and that's something that's you know very high on the list for Josh Harris is figuring out where the next stadium will be. And mm-hmm. try not in Maryland this time. That would help. well. There was there was no competition because nobody wanted to work with Dan Snyder. The question now becomes you know. I, and I, I have not heard Governor Moore talk about it. I know Larry Hogan was was very interested in keeping the stadium in Maryland, and I would think that to a, in a certain extent, Westmore would have some interest in keeping the stadium in Maryland. Um, but there's but Terry Hazeltine. I have no doubt that yeah. Terry Hazeltine would like to keep the stadium so, in Maryland. But you, I think there's a limit now to how many concessions you're willing to give. Yeah. Probably more willing to work with. I, with it, the I think there group. was no doubt that. The leadership here in Maryland was not going to work with Dan Snyder anymore. Correct. There were not going to be any further concessions given to Dan Snyder. Right. That franchise's prerogative would be they would probably say we would like to go to back to the old RFK site, right? I was like that say, would that, be that's the spot where we'd want to be. Um, will that be the best option for them? You know, to be determined. And I think they're going to kind of shop that around between the three, you know, yeah, they'll, governments. They'll and, explore. Virginia and Governor 100%. Youngkin there yep. about bringing the team to Northern Virginia. There seems to be a push by the at least there's conversations around monumental sports mm-hmm. about moving the the franchises there in D.C. Mm-hmm. to Virginia. So maybe Governor Youngkin and the legislature there, and if they have somebody that's the equivalent of Terry or, or a head of the Maryland Stadium Authority like Craig Thompson, that maybe they'll explore. Doing some kind of big, yes, sort of a, a community, right? Yeah. Like a they put, let's put an arena and a stadium here and try to do something right. like that. Um, but you know, I, I have said before, my vitriol's largely been gone. You were kicking a dead horse, right? Like making fun of Washington, it was, you almost felt sad. It was unsportsmanlike. Yeah. Um, so my vitriol's largely gone. But I, what I said, I, I do kind of stand. It was always kind of nice to know there was at least one franchise that was run by a buffoon that couldn't get out of their own way because then you knew you had less competition, right? Like, do you think there's any chance, not whether or not that they 
change the name back to the Redskins? Do no. You think, do you think the change name, it or not? Do you think the Commanders will stick? I apparently like Magic Johnson, who's part of the ownership yeah. group now, was on the Today Show this morning right. talking about that and said, you know, we're going to explore that. And, like they are leaving open the possibility. Yeah. I, I would scrap everything that there, has to has do with any, Dan Snyder. Any, anything that you can connect back to Dan Snyder right. just saying we need to get on from it. Unless yeah. it's like a really good person who works in the front office that you have a lot of confidence in, I would literally start as fresh as you can because that is – and I think really well, – When there's no positive history. Like nobody in D.C. has any feelings for the Commanders except for that silly song that they like. The, the Commanders is a horrible name. Well, I don't it's disagree terrible. with it. horrible. Absolutely awful. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I, I – I just at some point, how many times can you rebrand, remarket, re you know? It makes me think of like a toy ship. I don't know why. That's just what I think of. I hear the it's name funny. Washington Commanders. I think there's a limit to how much you can ask of a fan. Like there might be somebody in the fan base that said, "Look, man, I've spent all this money on all this gear right. and all this. <laughs> like you were gonna do this again, right? Like I, I, I don't know, but I would be inclined to agree with you. Commanders. Some guy definitely has a Taylor Heineke jersey laying around. And he's <laughs> he's upset sad. about it. What a sad. Although I say that, I'm pretty sure as a kid I asked for an Eric Zire jersey one year. Like I remember when Eric Zire played at the end of the season and like was played a, well, was a thing, yeah. and we were all like, "Man, they could come back next year with Eric, Eric Zire, Zire as the quarterback, and that could be when things change." I'm almost certain. I don't think I got a jersey. I think I got my parents to get me a, a t-shirt jersey, mm-hmm. like a jersey with the yeah jersey with Eric Scherzi. Zire's name and number on Never it. Never heard that before. Scherzi. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, the Orioles give those out a lot yeah. during the course of the year. All right, uh, we are told that today is a good tidbit, so we will find out if <laughs> that's so. the case or not. Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, so um, Royal Liverpool is where the current... Uh, Open Championship is happening. It's, it's the British Open. British for God's Open. Sakes. They call it, it the, the Open. Over here. Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, thirty-six whole totals of the last two Open champions to win at Royal Liverpool. That is Rory McIlroy in twenty fourteen and Tiger Woods in two thousand six. One hundred and thirty-two through thirty-six holes. One hundred and thirty-two through thirty-six holes. Okay. Which is where Brian Harmon, who currently leads the and is definitely US a Open real person that you didn't just make up in twenty twenty-three. Right now is also at 132 well, through 36 that? holes. The last two guys to win also there. Brian Harmon looks like he's on a pretty How many good strokes is he up by at 132? Uh, he is up by five last time I checked, and that's over uh, Jordan Spieth. Actually, who... Antoine Rosner is now in second place. Oh, is five he? Okay. Jordan Spieth right. is giving a shot back. He's at four under. Interesting. Okay, so Jordan Spieth I, I did see him make a bogey a few minutes ago. So that, but a, that significant must have been, must have been a significant lead for whoever Brian Harmon is. Yes, Brian Harmon, well up. And again, right, teed, right in line. He, teed, he finished his he's finished, he finished his second round. Finished with a 65. That's right, you today. said that. Okay. So really quite good from Brian Harmon. So in the spirit of Brian Harmon and Open Champions. This is going to be a golf Glenn, theme. This is going to oh, be a golf God. theme one. I want you to name it's the last. Stan, Stan you sure you don't have to leave? You sure you don't The last two guys to be in 32 is Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods. Nailed it. Well, way to go. I would never give you that one. That way sounds impossible. But I want you to name Glenn, since you have a lot of golf-themed things in the show with just your friend Drew Forrester. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stan, so Stan, you're, you're, Stan's I'm off the of hook this on this one. You're in this as well. You're in this as well. I, I feel like Glenn, given that he has Drew Forrester in every week, should do a little bit better here than, than you, Stan. I don't know how much you pay attention to golf, but I'm going to pose the question for both of you. The last five British Open champions, can you name them? 
the last I don't know that I can name the last two. Really? That's okay. Did Colin, Maybe I Montgomery, go- did Colin Montgomery win one? <laughs> well, you're right. <laughs> Monty. The there, last there, five. There is a there is a there is a Colin that won. Uh, oh, Colin Morikawa. Yeah, yeah, of course. So Col- Col- Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa won in twenty twenty one. Okay. Um I'm last year's winner was uh uh Cameron Smith. Correct. correct. So you are two out of five. The next three are a little bit harder, but oh, there's, a, there's a guy that's currently in contention right now that is, is having a pretty good day. Oh, does this go back to when Jordan Spieth won? Jordan Spieth okay. won in 2017. Okay. Okay. That's three, right? Obviously, there was not, none in 2020, so we skipped that. COVID-19 three. is the winner, I guess, yeah. in 2020. 2018 <laughs> and 2019 British Opens. Yeah, yeah I'll be honest. 2018 is a tough one, but if you follow it, you would know it. These are last five winners. Correct. So we have so Morikawa, Cameron Smith, the year that Spieth. Um, Henrik Stenson won. Is that in there? 2016, Henrik Stenson won. So now we need one more? No, he, it was before. Oh, okay. That was, what that about was Dustin old. Johnson? Dustin Johnson, I don't think has ever, ever won, won the, no. the Open. And I, to go back, no, he has I don't not. Know why I'm struggling with who these two guys are? This is actually the type of thing that I would typically. I can give know. you the countries they're from if that helps. Okay, sure. So the 2018 winners from Italy. Oh, Molinari, yeah, Molinari. Francesco Molinari, Molinari yeah. won in 2018, and then Ireland is the 2019 winner. It's not Padraig Harrington. No, he won back in 2008 and 2007. It's not. Oh, um, what the hell is that guy's name? <laughs> He's actually, I believe I saw him earlier. I don't think he's having a great day. Oh. You have to channel your inner immaculate grid. Right, in order to come up with this one. <laughs> I, I know who the guy is. I just can't think of it. I, that counts. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> he knows, he knows. Trust trust me, bro. So if we mention the name, you'll tell us honestly whether that was who oh, you were 100%. thinking Oh, 100%. Oh, okay. I guarantee yes. it's exactly who yeah. And he hasn't won again since. Like, he hasn't won another... Ah uh, well, I don't know. I, I can I can see if he. Well, I don't know if he's he maybe he's won a tournament, but he's I, he's never won another major championship. Another major since then. I don't no. remember him doing that. I know the guy. The hell is that guy's name? So he came in third in the Masters in 2022. <laughs> he came in fourth in the PGA Championship in 2021, uh, and won the Open. It's a roundabout way for me to tell me I was right. I was right. He hasn't won another major championship. Correct. Yes. Correct. All right, you're gonna have to tell me. Shane Lowry ah, is the 2019 winner. That was of the guy you were thousand thousand percent, well, thousand that percent. That yeah, By the right? way, Wyndham Clark climbing in here. He's at seventh now. He just hit a very, very. I, huh? I, much like yeah, Brian Harmon, I had never heard of Wyndham Clark until the U.S. Open. So you know, we'll see. I just remember we'll hearing Wyndham Clark's name like three years ago because the hotel chain named Wyndham, okay. and I thought it was funny. And he's still, he's actually been pretty good. Over the what, past what's year. Brian Harmon's? He's 36 years old. Brian Harmon. Uh, he finished tied for second of the 2017 U.S. Open. Oh, didn't so, know that. Okay, there you go. And he has won the John Deere Classic and the Wells Fargo Championship. Those are his two perf- uh, PGA Tour wins. In John his Deere, I'm pretty sure, not a very big <laughs> not, championship. Definitely not. A Wells big Fargo, one. I think, is like a middling one. Like not. not That's the one they you're... play in Charlotte, right? I, I think I so. Think they actually get a decent. I think they get a decent field. Yeah, not, yeah. I, I want to say John Rahm won that. This yeah, it's year. Right. I could be wrong. I don't know. All right, very good. Uh, tubular for the weekend, as we mentioned earlier, Orioles raise tonight six forty on Masson. Kyle Bradish and Zach Eflin tomorrow four o'clock for tomorrow's game. Grayson Rodriguez and Shane McClanahan, as Stan said, or Shane Lowry maybe. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think it's going to be Shane. Lowry. <laughs> Probably not Shane Lowry. That's of course Baltimore native Shane McClanahan. That's tomorrow on Masson at four <laughs> o'clock, and Sunday one thirty for Tyler Wells and Taj Bradley. 
Uh, what time is Sunday? One one thirty. One thirty. One thirty on Sunday. Four o'clock tomorrow. One thirty on Sunday. British Open coverage on NBC tomorrow, starting at seven a.m. and on Sunday on NBC, starting at seven a.m. Uh, I think Drew is telling me it'll probably wind down in like the one o'clock hour on Sunday. Will be about when they crown a champion at the British Open. Uh, the U.S. women play their opener in the World Cup tonight on Fox against Vietnam at nine o'clock. And uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame ceremony is on Sunday on MLB Network. Another Jim, Jim Henneman is uh, visiting Co- uh, Cooperstown this week. As always, what, what is, Jim is involved with the Hall of Fame. Like he's yeah, he's. I don't he's, know what the it, exactly what that is, but yeah. I know he's been involved with the Hall of Fame yeah, for I think a long he time. Writes some stuff for their publication. I think that's right. Uh, it's Sunday, one thirty on MLB Network. So again, one of those Scott Rowland and. Uh, Fred McGriff, correct. By the way, Shane Lowry just had a uh, a pot bunker shot. Now, if you know if you know what the pot bunkers look like over at Royal Liverpool, yeah, they, you'll know it's on. He just hit one of the best shots that I've seen all day, and I've been watching this for the past two Zach, hours. Zach's or so. so excited about them. Like, so they, Shane Lowry, you know, he's, he's plus two right if, now. If we ask Zach about anything that we did on the show today, it might be difficult because Shane I'm Lowry, pretty sure he's just been over. watching golf for the last. Nah, two that, hours. That, that's pretty sure that's the only case. half accurate. Uh, only half. Accurate, <laughs> only half accurate. And uh, tonight is the night where Leo Messi makes his debut for uh, Inter Miami as they play. Are in their a... season starting? No, no, they've been playing for a, a little while. Oh, okay. But he's to, coming okay. in starting tonight. The MLS okay. makes virtually no sense when it comes to player acquisition. Well, and tonight isn't even an MLS match. Oh, it's good. some other competition. But he's going to play for Inter Miami tonight against. Is he still playing at at that high a level? That I mean, he this can impact is this team. T- t- yes, is the, I mean he was. The best player in the World Cup, okay. you know, just this past November and December. Um, it's easy to dismiss Messi. And I talked about this with some of my soccer friends. If you're not a hardcore soccer fan, you will dismiss the significance of this mm-hmm. because you will say, I saw this with David Beckham. I right. saw this with Thierry Henry. I saw this with David Villa. All of the many Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Like, I, there have been any number of of international stars that came at the very end of their career and took some money playing in MLS, mm-hmm. and it just and didn't, it didn't matter. Work. Yeah, um, Messi is the closest. Did you mention Wayne Rooney? Rooney, of course, in yeah. D.C., absolutely. Messi is the closest to his prime of any of those guys right. that have come over. Now, I'm not going to oversell that either and suggest that suddenly it's going to make everybody watch MLS, mm-hmm. but... It's you know, a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Tonight, for 8 o'clock. how many years is it a big deal? Two? Yeah, I think it's... Yeah. I think that's about the... For two... I mean, look, I do remember when and David... What are, they, what are they paying him for a season? Well, Apple's now. doing most of the paying. Um, hang on a second. I, I don't remember. It's got to be absurd, whatever it is. It's got to be second. absurd. Hang on a second. I'll tell you exactly what it what is. What do you mean by that? We, Apple is doing most Apple of the Apple is now the partner for the MLS. Like, all the matches stream through Apple. Oh, Apple and TV so Plus. they sure, yeah. got yeah. involved... Directly on these games. with the messy deal, like okay. they, I, I think, it. gave him like a piece of the deal. Like that, it was there was a that's direct a great, involvement. A way to run a league, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Have the broadcast partner. Yeah, uh, Apple. The uh, deal is worth a hundred and fifty million dollars in total over three years. Three, I think it's something like that. Yes. So he's basically making fifty million a year, plus. That's, Huge incentives, most likely. He's, I, uh, he's basically p- pissing on Chris Davis' money. <laughs> something oh. like that. Something like that. Chris Davis is still making something like $50 million a year with the Orioles right now. But 
Uh, Slam Ball returns. If you remember years ago when ESPN tried that uh, ridiculous uh, combination of trampolines and basketball, they have brought that back, and it's on tonight at seven o'clock. Um, can't wait. For I know that. you can't. You, you can't <laughs> miss Slam Ball. Uh, of course, Righteous Gemstones. Is, is, that on, on, is that one against the Oriole game? Yeah, I don't know how you're going to choose the oh, Orioles, geez. right? Like you're going to miss. Gotta move it's a shame TV that you're going to miss, yeah. right? Uh, of course, the big story this weekend is the movies that are out because this is the weekend where both Barbie and Oppenheimer hit movie theaters. And you're going to a double feature, right, tonight of Barbie and Oppenheimer? Yes. <laughs> After yes. Slam Ball, obviously. No, the one I'm going to see is After Barbie does Oppenheimer. Barbie oh, jeez. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I did have a moment, by the wow. way, where I realized I have not been to the... The Orioles being good really wrecks me for all of the other content that I want to watch. Right. Because you have to choose between, like, I'm going to choose to go to the Counting Crows show tonight. Mm-hmm. But there, most nights, I'm like, boy, I really wanted to see Mission Impossible, right? right? But you have to pick to not watch the Orioles in order to go do that. Didn't you see it? I, I didn't see. I didn't get to see Mission Impossible. Somebody told me it's absolutely. Everybody said it's wonderful, and I wanted to I'm go. Trying to remember who but that was, if it wasn't. I you. just don't want to not watch baseball on right. a given night. Right. Like that's. I'm enamored with watching baseball. So imagine tough that. decision. Imagine Stand the fan. You will be in on Monday. Yeah. For this show. Yep. Then later that day, you and Russell and Luke will get together at four o'clock. Yep. That is coming up this this Monday. And, of course, Stan will be on with Zach and Paul tomorrow morning on the bat around from 10 to noon Correct. as well. You have any and, idea? And next Thursday, Gary Stein and I will chat with former Towson right. University football coach Rob Ambrose, who I caught up with yesterday. And uh, he's having a relaxing time. Good for him. He's yeah. he's earned a little bit of a respite. Yep. Uh, you guys, what anything else on the docket tomorrow? I have know? absolutely. Actually, no I'm idea. not going to be on with the bat around tomorrow. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right. Because they've got somebody that oh, could yeah, only you know do. What? I do remember Paul texted me actually. Yeah. So let me pull look at up. you. Look at you. This is the first time maybe in like. Getting ready to yeah. plug something on the show. Yes, me. Paul said that we have. Mm-hmm. We got rid of the old oh, geezer. Well, it'll be a mystery. It could be anyone. Arrest the Estrada. Ah, uh, I like Arrestus. Who yeah. does Tampa Bay's? Yeah. Uh, well, not anymore. He he was with Tampa Bay uh, Broadcasting, yep. and, and now he is no longer prominent slugger. Arrestus yes. Estrada, Marlins first baseman back in the day, the Big O, and they've, then um, Jonathan Mayo will also be joining. They've us got tomorrow. Jonathan Mayo in the eleven o'clock hour, and Arrestus Estrada contacted go. me about coming on to talk O's Rays since they're playing four this week. His best time is ten thirty, and there we already go. have Jonathan Mayo in eleven o'clock. Is this is this your way of did you did you say, well you can get right the F out, I'll never come on with you again? <laughs> I haven't told him that. Not yet. What I intend to do is back <laughs> out at about nine fifty five next uh, Saturday. All right, that's uh, the bat around tomorrow morning, 10 to noon with those guys. Thanks today to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners. Visit Baltimore, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, All-American Lacrosse, Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, Washington County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Zach for all his hard work this week. Uh, we had a trying week around here. Zach uh, ro- rolled with the punches as we were going through some stuff, so I appreciate it. At ZGoodman20, of yes. course, on Twitter, and the bat around tomorrow morning. Yep. At Stan the Fan on Twitter. Oh, I didn't thank our guests. I guess I should do that too. Thanks, Tip- Sal Palantonio. Yeah, Sal Palantonio, Tippy Martinez, and uh, Carter Young. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the archives tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, I will see you guys one week from Monday. Uh, enjoy your weekend and enjoy your week of hanging out with Stan and KZ. Follow us on Twitter at Glenn Clark, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds, go U.S. Women, Duke sucks.